You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., episode number 366. Now, we, we talked about a keyword there, leverage, okay? The more people you have on your buyer's list, the more leverage that you have, okay? And so, you know, for us, we have a very large buyer's list, but you know what? It's important to just start building it, right? Start with 100, start with, you know, make it your goal to get up to 1,000, to 2,000, 5,000. But keep collecting whatever information you feel like it, that's needed. Primarily, I would say email first and then phone number second or third. Get on the phone, start selling your deal, and start building your buyer's list. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. Investor Grit presents Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. Welcome to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast, America's number one podcast for new real estate investors where finding discounted property is the most proven path to financial freedom. I am your host, Chris Arnold. And man, we got a great show today. To go ahead and tell you what we're talking about, we are talking today about how to build the highest quality cash buyers list. Again, not the biggest, but actually the best. And there's a difference. We're going to get into that today. And secondly, the most effective strategies for building your cash buyer list quickly. So I've actually got a very special guest today who is actually my business partner, Scott Orban. Man, of anyone I know, Scott is one of the most savviest when it comes to building cash buyers lists. And so we've been partners and uh, really good friends for a long time. And so excited to have him on today. Scott, what's happening, buddy? Glad to have you. What's up, business partner and wholesaling <laughs> Inc. community throughout the United States? What's up, yes. you guys? You ready to add some value today? Let's do it. I always love the Rhino tribe. Somehow you guys know how to uh, really gather some positive dudes. And every time I talk with someone from the Rhino Tribe, Wholesaling Inc. Tribe, I always love their outlook. So man, I'm glad to add value if I can to anyone who is trying to sharpen, focus their buyer's list. And so yeah, let's dive in. Dive Perfect. In. Well, if somebody's tuning in and they don't know who Scott Orban is, tell us a little bit about you, man, your background, how long you've been in the game, and really kind of the position that you've carved yourself out when it comes to wholesaling. Like, what you're great at? Yes. So for me, a little bit on the background is um, been doing this now almost 10 years, you know, a little bit of fix and flip, but most of that is wholesaling. So if anyone is doing a lot of transactions, I just tell people I've lost count how many transactions. You know, there's just a lot of negotiation. And so anyone who builds a business out of wholesaling, you need to do systems, you need to create marketing lists, you need to figure out how to build your buyer's list. You fundamentally wear different hats. And that's just kind of where I've been these last 10 years. But when you build a business, you have really key employees take each one of those key departments. And so I would say to answer your question, though, Chris, my best deal is really networking, uh, negotiating, and then just knowing the best resources out there. 
So uh, that's probably where I add the most value. Yeah. We, we always call you the walking library. If anybody wants a resource, they usually go to Scott to get it. What's, what's the latest technique? What's the best book to read right now? So you definitely always have been that for everyone that knows you. So man, let's hop in on this. Let's get to some value. Now, if somebody's listening and they are brand new to wholesaling and they're like, okay, what is a cash buyer's list? Can you explain to people like what it is? Like define a cash buyer's list. Mm, yeah. So let's just go very elementary here. So a wholesale transaction is really, you can probably look at it like two sides of a coin. Okay. And so everyone knows what it means to kind of market to sellers to get a property, right? Which involves just your buyer seller contract, right? And so let's just say you got your first deal, you got this contract, right? Then you're like, well, what the heck do I do with it now? And so now you enter the flip side of that, which is called, you know, the deposition side or the resale side of that contract, right? You're obviously either trying to assign that. And so in order to move forward on that, we call it the backside transaction. You know, you want to build your buyer's list. Now, here's why that's super important. Any person in negotiation that should never just take the first offer, right? There has to be some give or take, or we like to call it some leverage. Just because someone says, hey, I'll give you a couple grand for this house more than you got it for, doesn't mean you should take it. So in my opinion, that backside is harder than the front side of just talking to a seller. So what we talk about in the wholesaling world is building your buyer's list, okay? So to kind of give you guys some perspective around this, some people have buyer's lists and they're usually collecting phone numbers and emails and they're putting this into a database, okay? And either they've got some type of text platform, but more than likely they've got a large platform where they can send out emails specifically about the property slash contract that you have. Okay. Remember, you're not selling property, you're selling a contract. Okay. And so now we're, we talked about a keyword there, leverage. Okay. The more people you have on your buyer's list, the more leverage that you have. Okay. And so, you know, for us, we have a very large buyer's list, but you know what? It's important to just start building it, right? Start with a hundred, start with, you know, making your goal to get up to a thousand, the 2000, 5000, but keep collecting whatever information you feel like it's, that's needed. Primarily, I would say email first and then phone number second or third. Get on the phone, start selling your deal and start building your buyer's list. So let me ask you this question. And I know that this debate has been going on. It's funny, people talk about their buyer's list and, and they, they brag about it like based on the size. So let me ask you this question, Scott. What's more important? the quality of your buyer's list or the quantity, meaning how big it is? What makes the buyer better? Right. Buyer's Which one wins, quality or quantity? Well, both are really important. But if I had to give the edge to something, I would say quality, okay? Because when it comes to quality, that means you know your buyers, okay? When we go with quality, you're just trying to make it transactional. And so when you really leverage something, it's based off the quality side of that. Now, that doesn't mean you can't uh, keep building it, but it's always better to know your buyers more intimately, to know what they're buying and having conversations 
And, you know, hey, in this case, less is more. But I do advocate that you build it enough where you do have that leverage aspect. You don't want to just say, hey, I only have a couple hundred buyers. No, you got to get it up a little bit more. Okay. But I would pick quality all day. Okay. Now, there's actually a way to measure the quality of your buyers list. There's a KPI out there, which has to do with the open rate that you get when you send emails out to your buyers list. Let's say you're advertising a property. So someone's going, you know, how do I know if my cash buyers list is quality? Can you talk a little bit about the KPI and the open rate? What's a good open rate on an email blast of a property out to that list? You know, and where should right. someone be? Yeah. So once you have a buyer's list, let's just say it's healthy size. And this may be another conversation, Chris. There's a whole nother episode on how you continue to manage and improve and work, you know, strategies uh, on buyers. But to answer your question specifically, you know, let's just say you have, you know, I'm talking maybe you're somewhere in the thousands range, one, two, three thousand. You want to see an open rate. And so for us, we use GetResponse. That's an email platform where, you know, you are subscribing, you have the, the permission to subscribe these emails into your platform. But when you advertise and you package this contract slash property for sale that you have equitable interest to do, I'm assuming you have the right numbers, okay? You got to make sure that, that the pictures look pretty and the price and the repairs, all of that. You want to see on average a 15% open rate. Let me say it that way, open rate. And you'll know your phone will be blowing up if you got a really great deal, right? So let's just say you have a thousand people on your buyers list. And if you're getting like 30 to 40 calls, you probably price the property a little bit low, but you know, you want to see and monitor and manage your buyers list around 15% or higher. Gotcha. No, it's, it's a great KPI because it's an actual way to put a numerical value on the quality of a list versus that just being subjective. Like my list is great. Well, how do you know that? Well, it can actually be measured. So I got another question for you, Scott. You know, there are a lot of things that we could be working on in our wholesale business, right? There's a lot of moving parts, right? Let me ask you this. Out of everything in the business, how important is the cash buyer's list to someone's overall wholesale operation? Great question. So, and I've actually heard Tom say this. I know he preaches this. And it's just start with the end in mind. Start with the cash buyer. And I totally agree with this. And so I want to give a couple of principles or rules to kind of go by when it comes to building your buyer's list. And just like anything else, everything starts with your mind. It's a mindset first. So the first thing I want to share is you have to start with the end in mind. So what does that mean with a cash buyer's list, right? That means you are building your backside first. You're buying the people who are in demand for properties, okay? And so you're building cash buyers, right? So that when you do get a property, you're not just stuck and saying, okay, now I need to build my buyer's list. No, it's easier to pick up momentum, right? With starting with buyers first, then go get a property, right? Get a contract to sell. The second principle I want to say is anything you focus on increases, okay? And so like you were saying, wholesalers wear many hats, but I would say the top one or two hats is cultivating that buyer's list every day. Start, And we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about how to get into those strategies. But 
every day you need to carve out some time to start adding to your list, right? If I was someone new, and here's a goal for you guys who are just starting out, you want to get your buyer's list to a thousand as fast as possible. And once you've got it there, figure out how to get to two and three thousand, okay? Now, if you're in a small little town, that may not work, but try to get it up to that thousand range if you're in a, a decent sized city as fast as you can. That's good. So let's jump into strategies, but I want to flip the script and ask this question first. And that is, you know, what are some ways in which you should not <laughs> build your cash buyers list? What's the wrong way to do it? Well, I would say on the wrong side is, you know, I think it's mostly just going slow about it. Okay. And not vetting your buyers. Does that make sense? Where, you know, you'll stick anyone on your list. And you're just like, okay, I picked up a buyer this week. There's too many strategies for you guys to accelerate your buyer's list than thinking small or thinking quick, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, absolutely. you want to you want to get in there and as we talk some strategies here, you really have to attack this thing. And when you first start off, you're like, oh man, I'm just kind of fuzzy. I don't know how to do this. But you know, I'm going to share about five or six really good strategies, but there's probably 25. Okay. So, you know, just like anything you focus on increases. So just starting small and knowing, Hey, look, as time goes on, I'm really going to accelerate this. And here's the thing, your buyer's list is the key towards leverage. Okay. As wholesalers, that's really fundamentally what we have on the front end and on the back end. Okay. When you go get a contract from a seller and you get it execute, executed, that's called the leverage, right? Because it says and or signs on there. That means leverage. And when you have a large buyer's list, that's the same thing, leverage, okay? And when you have more potential buyers, you begin to leverage that. So all that to say is don't think small, don't think too quick, and this thing will rapidly grow if you focus in on it. But you got to kind of have some faith in saying, hey, look, I'm putting the energy and don't lose faith, right? Like I remember I had a really big buyer's list and next thing you know, boom, I just made 10, 15, 20 grand. And I don't know another business where I'm just clicking buttons where I'm on an email platform where I can just snap my fingers, make 15K because I have leveraged buyers. I have multiple people competing for the, for the same property and boom, it was like, there's 15K. And so Every name that you put on your buyer's list matters. You never know. That could be a $7,000 ad on an email and you never knew it. Absolutely. So let's get into some practical stuff. Some things really that people could run with immediately to build their buyer's list. Again, you said there's 25 ways to do it, but talk about the ways that you have found to be the most effective that you're actually exactly. utilizing to help build the buyer's list. Right. So typically, there's three types of buyers. I want to uh, put this in some buckets. The first bucket is you probably have what we call buy and hold investor. Okay. They're specifically wanting to buy it for to hold the property. The second type of buyer is what we call flip person, right? Someone comes in and says, I'm going to flip this property. Third is a little bit more of a retail potential buyer. Okay. Those are a little bit few and far between, but they're willing to pay a little bit more. Okay. Now, as you guys begin to build, right? And I'm just going to assume that no one, like you guys are starting off from scratch.
scratch, or maybe you do have an existing wholesaling business. Okay. Prioritize you guys. Okay. So this all depends on what city that you guys are in. So the first strategy I'm going to tell you guys is dominate social media. Number one, specifically Facebook, number one, and, and Instagram, number two. And with Facebook, get into all the groups, okay? Local wholesaling groups, flip groups. See what's going on. See what's being sold. See who's posting properties, okay? Now, here's the tactic. When people post a property, they throw out their email. Scrape those emails. I know in DFW, if I wanted to scrape emails, I could probably pull quite a bit in one day. Number two, reverse engineer on MLS and find agents who bought properties cash, okay? So if you guys have MLS access, agents are a great way to sell your property. And you can kind of pinpoint what they bought, what they bought it for, and you can get their contact information, cell phone, name, and email. And you can say, hey, I saw that agent, Mr. Smith, bought represented a buyer on Main Street, and they bought 59000 They bought it for fifty nine. I've got mine for 40. Maybe they'd like to buy it for 59. So you're already ahead of the ball game there. Okay. Third, this goes in the same vein of social media, but post your property on social media. It's called bait, bait your property out there or put out some bandit signs, right? You're advertising your property to start collecting and scraping names, which that's the name of the game consistently for a while until you start building your, your email list, right? Number four, once you start getting in and understanding who's buying some property, you can get into the tax okay, records and find out who bought that property. Maybe it's, it's Good Homes LLC. okay. Usually it's corporations buying these properties. But if you can find that information, I'm going to give you guys a great website right now, uh, reverse information and get their contact info. It's called opencorporates.com free website. And I did it on myself, my numbers there. <laughs> and I was like, dang, okay, this must be right. So I test, we test it out all the time. So if I'm looking in a specific neighborhood and I'm like, oh man, they bought this house really for a high price. And I go back in and I can see, I can find their name and number and be like, wow, okay, good life, whatever. LLC, John Mark is the owner. There's a cell phone number. Boom. Okay reach out. And now the fifth and best way that I know of building your buyers list is oh, you're bringing, trading. You're, you saved the best for last. What do you got? Yeah, I did. <laughs> you got to trade. <laughs> so this is going to test your guys' mentality, right? Abundance or scarcity. So here's the deal. You got 500 names or maybe you got a thousand and you know another wholesaler, you like them, right? Maybe you grab some lunch and you reach out and say, Hey, John, I know you got a buyer's list. I got a buyer's list. Let's just join forces. Let's collaborate here. Okay. Keyword there, collaborate. I'll trade my buyer's list for yours. And I've worked hard for it. But it's no skin off your back, no skin off my back. But we just doubled it in a five-minute conversation. All right. And let me tell you this. I'd say two out of three times, most people are willing to trade. So where else can you double your effort in a five-minute conversation, nowhere, nowhere. You can't go buy buyer's list. You can't just go, maybe you can steal them. But that is the proven tactic over the last eight years. A little bit of secret sauce. 
but you got to have the guts and you got to have the skill to tactfully ask. ASK, baby, make the big ask. Now, someone listening might go, is that going to hurt my business at all? You know, me handing over my buyer's list to someone else. What would you say to that person that's wondering, is that going to affect my business negatively? You know, I don't know, to be honest. But here it is. This is a game of hustle. All right. All things created equal in the wholesaling game, competition, right? It's all about hustling, out hustling your competition, right? And you know what? I said it the other day to someone. I was like, you know what? You know, I'm willing to even share a lot of secret sauce in my business. And you know, it doesn't bother me because I stay in my lane and I hustle. That satisfies me. Now, someone has the right to say, you know what? That may be a detriment to me. But in my opinion, two thirds have said, yes, I'm willing to do that. So I live by the abundance mindset. And I also live by the fact that, you know what? This is me. I hustle. And there's enough to go around and no one's going to out-hustle me. And I'm proud to give back in return. No, man, that's good. I mean, that, that's, that's your philosophy and it dictates you know, how you're making those decisions. But absolutely, what a quick way to double is to trade. And you know what? It works. <laughs> so, you know, all that being said, I just know it works, you know? So yeah. let's talk a little bit about technology and tactics for marketing to your buyers list. So. You talked about emailing your buyers list. You mentioned Git response, but if someone's like, okay, what's the best email platforms out there to utilize? Because I know some people complain like, you know, I get blocked on MailChimp or, you know, I have issues with this, et cetera. What, what would be a couple of places that you would uh, lead people to consider as technology for emailing? Yeah. So there's so many. And I will say this, you know, you got to be wise. I will tell you this in my wholesaling business, our buyers list is the critical element. All right. The critical element. We're not stupid. We're not flipping about it. We manage it, right? We groom it. And you just can't treat it flippantly. All right. Rule number one. So I do know that, you know, there's multiple constant contact, you know, MailChimp. Those work. I see other people do it. But they're cool about it, right? They're not being dumb. And so I just know for us, GetResponse has been extremely solid for the last six, maybe seven years now. I don't know. You know, high delivery rates, things like that. And uh, it, it's worked. And, and so I, I praise GetResponse. But I, I do know that those other platforms work. It's just all about how you manage it. Absolutely. Now, what about also texting or calling? Like I got a property, email it out. Should I say to myself, that's enough? You know, let the email blast do its thing to sell a property? Or should I consider texting? Should I consider picking up the phone and calling some of those people on the list that I might know might be a little bit hungrier for that area? Like how, how far yeah. should someone push it on the hustle? I think you can do, you can layer it. All right. And the better you get at it, the more layers. And the reason why you have more layers is just more leverage. So for example, right, if you have an agent, okay, and you're doing some reverse engineering, you're like, man, I'm trying to figure out what I should sell this for. And whoa, there's agent Kelly Smith. I've seen her twice. She must be representing a buyer here. Their clients are paying some ridiculous prices. You bet I'm going to get on the phone and I'm going to call Kelly Smith. And it happens all the time. I say, hey, Kelly Smith, 
you have clients looking for properties in, in South Dallas or whatever. And most of the time they're going to say yes. And I share who I am. And you know what? That's five to six K more that they pay more. So it's a combination. Yeah. So, you know, if you know your buyers, right. And they're like, Hey, I know he eats up this area. I'm not just going to call that guy. Remember the key element is creating leverage. So I don't want just one person to show up at that property. I'm going to let them bid it up. You got a healthy competition, right? And I'm going to be cool about it. I'm not going to jerk anyone around, but I will tell you this, you guys for who are building it's highest and best wins. I know in a lot of business, loyalty is really cool, right? I want to stick with my same buyer. I get that. But there's enough rules and procedures in place to say, hey, look, highest and best wins. If you don't get that earnest money deposited and you don't sign this assignment, then this deal's gone. Remember, it's black or white. We're not in the service business. And so someone should come in really quick and secure that deal, all right? Creating leverage is the key on the backside. Yeah. So if someone's new to the game, I mean, like really starting to get wholesaling in, like I started a month ago or two months ago, when should they start considering to build that buyer's list? Is that something you start two, three months into the business, just getting going? Or do you wait? Yeah. Well, it just depends on how eager you are, right? If you've got the time and energy, do it. But let me give you guys a little bit of a a secret, okay? There's guys that I talk with here locally in DFW. And they're like, man, I've got a deal. I'm like, how big's your buyer's list? Not big at all. So here's the thing. I know Tom Kroll likes to say this, right? Collaborate. Not everyone's your competition. There's so many good-hearted people out there. Why don't you collaborate? Collaborate with someone who has a big buyer's list. We get that all the time, all right? So maybe you got a great deal. Maybe you don't have the time to move it on the back end. Okay. So I'm, I'm used to this. Like I say this recently here, this last six months after jumping back into the business, 20, 30% of the transaction is just locking it up at a pretty good price. All right. The real work begins after you lock it up. And someone who has that is trusted, who has a better buyer's list, they'll want to work with you. Okay. And what we call that here is called the earn and learn model. So if you're just starting off, man, you guys need a lot of help. Don't be afraid to get around someone who is better and more experienced. And so that's your opportunities to collaborate with someone, but also learn. Okay. We call it here, learn and earn. We do that for people here all the time. And I love to just teach, right? But it's also a win-win. And that's how we got started. I don't know if you remember, Chris, but like we paid the piper. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, and you know what? It was gold. We had to learn that. And that's what sustains, uh, honestly, sustained us those last eight plus years doing wholesaling because we learned those tough lessons, right? I'd rather learn someone else's lessons than learn it by myself because it may break me. Agreed. So another question. There's this idea of having designated people in your company do nothing but build your buyer's list, Right. What that's been called, I know uh, Keegley uh, calls it an intake specialist, Josiah and Jamil do. Mm-hmm. Talk to us about like what that looks like for someone that you know might be newer, might have a little bit of room to go, I don't want to build this myself. or And I have a, a big wholesaling company, but I don't know I necessarily designated someone to do this. Talk about this concept 
of an intake specialist, what they do, and what's the value of that? Yes, absolutely. So someone who has a dedicated person has truly sold out philosophically and practically on the value of this. Okay. You look at Keegley. I mean, it sounds insane, but they're onto something. Okay. Not only are they onto something, they're proven. And so, yes, hire out. Okay. Uh, the goal is not for you to be all things to all people and you do it all yourself. It's that important where you should hire it out. Once you've gotten your strategies down, right? So we like to say, hey, you create it, you perfect it, and then go delegate it, right? And so these guys have done that. So it is not insane to say, hey, I'm going to hire someone specifically to build my buyers list. And what they're doing is that they're, they're rinsing new buyers in and out because they do come and go. But there's fresh buyers coming in. And what that means is, leverage. Okay. So if you guys can pay a virtual assistant or pay someone in-house, it is worth it because the right buyer between the wrong buyer is about 10 to 15 grand. All right. Guys have to think bigger, right? If you constantly think it's small. And let me say this too. We know our numbers, right? We know our average wholesale fees between 13 to 14 grand. Other people are like, man, I'm only getting five. Well, yeah, that sucks, all right? If you have a high, big buyer's list and you know how to leverage it, you can expect a bigger assignment fee. I want to touch on that. That's important. So you're saying there's a correlation between my average size profit and the quality of my list. Is that what you're saying? 100%, yeah. Because here's what happens. Most wholesalers jump in, they're like, man, I've got this great contract, and they get nervous, right? They don't even know that they're only 30% of the way there, okay? And so they're a little bit nervous, they're going to jump the gun, right? Anybody who weighs some cash in front of them, they're like, ah, I'm going to take it. And, and I hear it all the time, man, I, I only average three, four, five grand. And it kills me, right? Because you and I have really perfected the process, the mentality, the strategy, the leverage to bump it up to 13, 14 grand or higher. And so, yes, that's the point. So if most people are averaging five, what we're saying is you could probably get up to 14 or higher. Now do that basic math. That's nine grand. Okay. Yes. Go hire someone to go build your buyers list. Go make that bold ask. Okay. Put the energy in and build that list. Absolutely, man. I think it's a no-brainer. And you know, someone wants to increase their revenue in a way that's effective and doesn't cost a lot of money, build and better your buyers list. Increase your average profit per deal. I mean, it's an absolute no-brainer. So uh, another question, let's kind of paint a bigger picture here, look down the road a little bit. So if someone really builds a good, robust buyers list, are there other ways to monetize that list versus just running properties that you picked up from sellers through it? Can you make money other ways? Like maybe something like cold wholesaling, things like that. Like what happens if people in your area know that you have one of the best buyers list? Yeah. So when you have a big buyers list, right, you have a pretty big imprint, you have some pretty good influence. And so, you know, for us, we buy properties all the time, or we will coach people through selling their deal, right? Or we will point a buyer to them. And so 
let me give you the, the key, you guys. So I want to talk to some wholesalers that have been doing this for a while. Okay. So some of the amateurs, let me make a really clear distinction. Wholesaling is a little competitive right now, but the people that I know who have big buyers lists make a lot more and they stay in this game a lot longer. That's just a fact. I know there's a lot of people out there that really focus in on reaching out to sellers and I get that, but you know what? Buyers win in my opinion. And so when you have a big buyers list, you can leverage it, right? And you can leverage it for other people. And if you want to put on an event, you can. You want to do some coaching? You can. You want to sell a product? Yes, you can. You want to do a meetup? Yes, you can. And so your reputation also needs to come with that. But, you know, there's just a lot of power in a, in a high quality but sizable buyer list. Yeah. And I think that's a great point that, you know, people might be locked into this idea that a cash buyer's list is, is only for investment deals. But there's a lot of ways to utilize it in a healthy way to generate other streams of income. So then that cash buyer's list becomes even more valuable because it's generating additional revenue that could not be created in the company without. It. Here's what, again, one of the key takeaways I feel like is there's so much leverage in that buyer's list. And it stays. When you go pick up a great deal, let's say you got a Grand Slam deal. Well, that's just one deal and it's done. You got a big, hairy, awesome, quality buyer's list. Guess what? That's staying. You know, I'd rather have an amazing buyer's list than a grand slam deal, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. So wrapping up, Scott, maybe I didn't ask a question about it or there's an additional point you want to make. What do you want to leave with the listeners today? Any last thing you want to say, emphasize, or you know, if you, if you heard one thing, make sure you heard this. Yeah, start with the end in mind. And number two, go collaborate. Go find someone. Get around someone who's doing it, right? And so buyer's list, start with the end in mind, and then go collaborate with someone that is ahead of you, right? More experience, bigger buyer's list, and learn and collaborate and make it a win-win. Absolutely. Learn and earn. Learn and earn. And... You know, for people listening that, you know, might do deals in Dallas or be somewhere in North Texas that are close to you, you know, if they wanted to reach out, grab a coffee, grab a lunch, which I know you just love to do, you know, how would someone get in contact with you? Yeah, just um, find me on Facebook, send me a message. Come on. Nice. Uh, I know when Brent and I did a, a podcast a while ago, talk with some really great guys, find me, you know, Scott Orban um, and Facebook me, let me know that you heard this and be glad to help if you're in the DFW area or even somewhere else. Absolutely. No, I appreciate that, man. I know anyone, you're, you're extremely generous with your time, but it's because it's what you love to do. Now, wrapping up, Scott, because I have you on as a business partner, you know the ins and outs of our business. You obviously know that one of the things we're doing, you know, as I've been brought on to be a coach with the wholesaling Inc. community is radio. Would you mind, because I'd just love you to know I was going to ask you this, but um, tell us a little bit about your view of radio as a marketing channel for our business. Like, What have you observed about it and how important has it been from your perspective? Yeah. So radio, uh, I'll give a couple points because I'm sure you have already talked about it. I'll come at it a little bit more unique. Is 
you know, like we were saying, today's landscape on the marketing side to sellers, it's highly competitive. And sometimes you got to do something out of the box that no one else is doing. And radio, we feel like is is that because we've been doing for I don't know how many years now. Nine like years. Five, six, seven, nine. Yeah. And no one's so, doing it. Yeah. And so here's the thing. The cool thing about radio is how consistent the leads are. Okay. I've seen all the other marketing tactics and it's the flavor of the month. And I'm not poo-pooing on those, but you know, when you have a, a team, like we have a team model, we actually have departments, okay? We need the consistency of leads coming in and radio is definitely that. We don't have to rethink the wheel on marketing, okay? I don't have to go in there. I don't have to tinker with it. It's set. It's done. Like I did the work up front and it trickles down. Everyone who's doing texting, everyone's doing mail, doing all this other stuff. It takes work. Radio is consistent. It's an untapped market. And man, I love it. You know, and it, it builds your brand. So anyone who's, who's been doing wholesaling a little while, right? Everyone's always kind of this underground type marketing. Well, hey, man, build your brand. Get out there. You're trying to elevate, step it up. Radio is definitely a really great way of getting more consistent and building the brand. Absolutely. Well, if you tuned in today, we appreciate it. If you're interested in uh, getting some help from Scott, you want to you know, talk about some deals or you got some questions, again, remember you can reach out to Scott Orban uh, on Facebook. And if you're interested in radio, obviously, you know, that's been really hot. We've had a lot of people around the country sign up. And of course, we're limiting the amount of people per market. But if you're looking for something as a reliable channel that you can depend on, that creates celebrity status for you, and literally, Scott, you and I agreed with the highest quality lead that we've ever been able to generate in our company, go to wholesalinginc.com forward slash REI radio, and you can book a call and learn a little bit more about that. Well, brother, it was good hanging out with you today. Thanks for coming in and uh, just giving some great practical stuff that we can run with. So, so much for hanging out with you. Thank you, guys. All right. Talk to you later. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at InvestorGrit.com by joining the mailing list, as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.